For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject Patterns of Exile and Redemption in Genesis. This is part one of the series. Shalom and welcome to the Hebraic Heritage Ministries Yeshiva Discipleship Program. We are going to begin a teaching on the subject of patterns of exile and redemption in the book of Genesis. In this session, we're going to cover Genesis chapter 1 through 24, and in the next session, we'll cover Genesis chapter 25 through 50. A very significant and important principle of the scriptures is that the way you understand biblical prophecy or the end of days or the events associated with the Messiah is that biblical history is prophecy. We can see this principle in Isaiah chapter 49 verses 9 through 11 as it is written. Remember the former things of old for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end, declaring the end of days from the beginning. This word beginning is the Hebrew word ratio sheet from which we get the word Genesis, which means in the beginning. Bereshit in Hebrew means in the beginning. So we're being told here that the God of Israel is declaring the understanding of the end of days in the book of Genesis. This is what this session is about, is to explain this in greater detail. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Yea, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have purposed it, I will also do it. We can see this principle that biblical history is prophecy from Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 as it is written. The thing that has been, that is history, it is that which shall be, that's future or prophecy, and that which is is done is that which shall be done and there is nothing new under the sun. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 15 it is written, that which has been history is now and that which is to be that is future prophecy has already been and God requires that which is past. In addition to understanding that biblical history
history is prophecy, we also need to understand that the Torah is a parable that is all meant to teach us about the end of days and the events surrounding the coming of the Messiah in the Messianic era. In Psalm 78, verses 1 and 2 and verse 4, it is written, Give ear, O my people, to my Torah. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. Give ear to my Torah. I will open my mouth in a parable. We're being told that the Torah is a parable, meaning that there is an understanding to the Torah that is greater than what you read and understand at the surface, known as the literal meaning, or in Hebrew, the Peshat. Psalm 78, verse 4. We will not hide them from their children, showing the generation to come. This phrase, generation to come, Come. The word to come is the Strong's number 314. It's the Hebrew word akaron, and it means the last or the latter or the end. So what this is saying, showing the last generation. The Torah is a parable that is meant to be communicated to the last generation so that they will understand the events which are happening at the dawn of the Messianic era and the coming of King Messiah. Let's see how this is so by looking at the book of Genesis and seeing these patterns of exile and redemption which prophesies about the end of days. In the book Living with Mashiach by Rabbi Emmanuel Shohet on page 17, he writes in comments regarding Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 which reads, The earth was unformed and empty and darkness was on the face of the deep and the spirit of God hovered over the face of the water. The Midrash Breshit Rabbah 2.4 reads this verse as a prophetic allusion to what will happen in the future. The terms unformed, empty, darkness and deep refer to the four empires which oppressed, persecuted and and exiled the house of Jacob. The phrase, the Spirit of God hovered, refers to the Messiah, the ultimate Redeemer, as it is said of him in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2, the Spirit of God will rest upon him. So this verse in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, is making an allusion to exile and the coming of the Messiah from the exile. In the Sanchino Midrash Rabbah, volume 1, on page 17, we are shown how that these verses refer to four empires who would exile the nation of Israel. Rabbi Simeon, son of Lachish, applied the passage to the foreign powers. Now the earth was tohu, or unformed, symbolizes Babylonia. I beheld the earth, and lo, it was tohu, or waste. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 
23. And Bohu, or void, symbolizes Media Persia. And darkness symbolizes Greece. Upon the face of the deep, this symbolizes the Roman Empire. And the Spirit of God hovered alludes to the Spirit of the Messiah. Repentance is likened unto water, as it says in Lamentations chapter 2, verse 19, pour out your heart like water. So we have these concepts in the creation of the heavens and the earth. The God of Israel is foreshadowing how history is going to be in the role that the nation of Israel will have in fulfilling the will and the plan and the purposes of the God of Israel in the earth. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were given the mandate to guard and to protect the Garden of Eden. In the art scroll on Genesis in the introduction on page 32, it is written, The Garden of Eden, it is said and commanded of Adam that he was to work it and to guard it. Genesis chapter 2 verse 15. Upon which the Midrash comments to work it through the performance of positive commandments and to guard it through the observance of negative commandments. Therefore, what's being communicated is that the role of Adam in the garden is to follow the Torah. In the art scroll of Genesis, volume 1, page 99, it continues on regarding the role of Adam to follow Torah in the Garden of Eden, and this is what was commanded of him. What then does to work it and guard it mean? To indulge in the words of Torah and to guard all of its commandments, as it says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, to guard the way of the tree of life. And the tree of life signifies the Torah, as it is written in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 18. It is a tree of life to those that grasp it. And a reference for this thought is Pirkei de Rabbi Eliezer 12, or the sayings of Rabbi Eliezer. However, rather than following Torah, we see that Adam and Eve commit sin in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 and 9, it is written, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life, which personifies and represents obedience to Torah, because the Torah is called a tree of life, from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 18. Also in the midst of the garden, in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which would be the product and the result of disobeying Torah. In the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the mixture of good and evil, which is what Babylon means. Babylon means mixture. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, it goes on to state, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, disobedience to Torah, or following the ways of the world, or Babylon, you shall not eat of it, or practice its ways. For in the day that you eat, practice the ways of the world, disobeying Torah, and following after Babylon, you will surely die. 
Levite, meaning that you will go into exile. In Genesis in chapter 3, verses 6 and 8, we have here recorded Adam and Eve being disobedient in the garden. It says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and also gave it unto her husband with her and he did eat. Eating in the Bible represents taking something and making it a part of you. The fact that it was pleasant to the eyes and it was desired to make one wise is the philosophy of the world when you practice the ways of the world and its Babylonian system. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. The fact that they hid themselves is alluding to punishment. It's alluding to being exiled. Adam's exile from the garden foreshadows the exile of the nation of Israel into the nations of the world. In the Sanchino, Midrash Rabbah, volume 1, page 155, it is written, And the Lord God called unto the man and said, Where are you? Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. How, and the Hebrew word is ek, how have you fallen? Yesterday you was ruled by my will and now by the will of the serpent. Yesterday you did extend from one end of the world to the other, whereas now you canst hide among the trees of the garden. Rabbi Abahu said in the name of Rabbi Jose, son of Rabbi Hanina, it is written, but they are like man. The word here in Hosea chapter 6 verse 7 is Adam. For they are like Adam. They they have transgressed the covenants, Hosea chapter 6, verse 7. They are like a man. Adam means like Adam. Just as I led Adam into the Garden of Eden and commanded him, and he transgressed my commandment, whereupon I punished him by dismissal and expulsion, which means exile, and bewailed him with how, Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, I led him into the Garden of Eden, as it is written, and the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, and I commanded him, and the Lord God commanded the man, Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, and he transgressed my commandment. Commandment, how you have eaten of the tree whereof I commanded you that you should not eat. And I punished him by dismissal. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden. And I punished him by expulsion. So he drove out the man. Genesis chapter 3 verse 24. And I bewailed him with the Hebrew word Eka or how. And said unto him, Ayeka. Eka is written, so also did I bring his descendants into the land of Israel and commanded them and they transgressed my commandment and I punished them by sending them away and expelling them and I bewailed them with the word Eka. I brought them into the land of Israel as it is written and I brought you into the land of fruitful fields Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 7 and I commanded them and you shall command the children of Israel Exodus in chapter 27 verse 20 also command the children of Israel Leviticus in chapter 24 verse 2 they transgressed 
transgressed my command. Yea, all Israel has transgressed your Torah. Daniel chapter 9 verse 11. And I punish them by sending them away. Send them away out of my sight and let them go. Jeremiah in chapter 25 verse 1. By expulsion, I will drive them out of my house. Hosea chapter 9 verse 15. And I bewailed them with the word Echa or how does the city sit solitarily. Lamentations chapter 1 verse 1. And that comes from the Sanchino Midrash Rabbah, volume 1, page 156. We can see that as a result of Adam not following Torah in the Garden of Eden, transgressing the commandment of the God of Israel, that he was exiled from the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. So he drove out the man. The word drove out is the Strong's number 1644, and it's the Hebrew word garash, which means to drive out, expel, or to put away. So we see the pattern of exile by disobedience from what Adam did in the Garden of Eden. In the Sanchino Midrash Rabbah, volume 1, page 177, it speaks about Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, and Adam being driven out or exiled. So he drove out the man. Rabbi Yohanan said, like the daughter of a priest who has been divorced and cannot return to her husband. Rabbi Simeon, son of Lachish, said, like the daughter of an Israelite or a non-priest who has been divorced and is able to return. In Hebrew, driving out in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, the commentary says the Hebrew word garash communicates expulsion or divorce or exile. So Adam is exiled from the Garden of Eden because of his sin. In the Art Scroll of Genesis on page 140, it says, Rabbi Hirsch explains that garash implies man's greater separation from God. Having disobeyed God, man was forced to fend for himself in exile from his presence. Now we're going to see how the God of Israel promises restoration from the exile. Genesis chapter 3 verse 24 it says and he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Joshua chapter 5 verse 2 says and at that time the Lord said unto Joshua make you sharp knives and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. In Genesis chapter 3 verse 24 in the King James Flaming sword is the Strong's number 2719. And in Joshua chapter 5 verse 2, the King James sharp knives is also the Strong's number 2719, which is the Hebrew word carib, which means a sword or a knife, and it is a tool for cutting. So, we can see that it is a tool for cutting which turns every way to keep the way of the tree of life and this tool was used for circumcising again the children of Israel in Joshua chapter 5 verse 2. So therefore what we're being told is circumcision or spiritually a circumcised heart is the way that fellowship is restored back with the God of Israel and that is the way to the tree of life. And this is through the redemptive work of the Messiah. In Sanchino Midrash Rabbah, volume 1, page 178 and 179, it is written, Rabbi Huna said in Rabbi Abba's name, 
sword refers to circumcision. As it is written, Make you knives of flint and circumcise again. Joshua chapter 5 verse 2. Our rabbi said sword refers to the Torah as it is written, a two-edged sword in their hand. So the flaming sword or circumcision or following Torah and repentance is the way back to the tree of life. In the art scroll of Genesis on page 140, it tells us that it's the circumcision of the heart that brings restoration. Rabbi Hirsch, in a lengthy dissertation, explains that on a lofty plane, guarding the way to the tree of life can mean to protect and preserve the way so that it shall not be lost for mankind, so that he will be able to find it again and ultimately go back to it. We see how the prophets speak about a circumcised heart as a means of restoration under the God of Israel. In Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27, as it is written, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and to keep my judgments, and do them. So, a stony heart disobeys Torah, but a heart of flesh is a flesh that is soft, that you can mold, that you can shape, that will give ears unto the Torah of the God of Israel and his Ruach, his spirit, because it's by putting his spirit within us that's going to cause us and give us the strength to walk in his statutes and to keep his judgment and to do them, which means to follow Torah. In the Hebrew, from Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, where we find the phrase to keep the way of the tree of life, it says in the Hebrew, Aleph Tav, Derek, which means way, Eight, which is tree, and Hahayim, which means the life. That Aleph Tav is the way to the tree of life. And we understand that Aleph Tav speaks about the Messiah. So restoration from transgressing the Torah comes about by the Messiah when we repent of our sins, have circumcised hearts, and he brings us restoration back unto the Father. In the Sanchino Midrash Rabbah, volume 7, page 161, we are told that the rabbis teach that Adam's sin brought death to the world. Why do you decree death upon me? God replied, you are to die because of the sin of the first man who brought death into the world. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, volume 1, page 103, it also tells us how Adam's sin brought death to the world. This intimates death for Adam, death for Eve, and death for their descendants. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, volume 1, page 21. It goes on to say about Adam's sin, which brought death to the world. In his present form, man cannot return to his original state. Only through death and resuscitation could he be born once again as man before the sin. For this reason, the sin brought death upon the human race. In the Art Scroll of Genesis, volume 1, page 358, it tells us that the Messiah will be the one who will 
rectify Adam's sin. David represents the King Messiah who will fulfill the age-old potential that was dashed with Adam's failure or Adam's sin. We are told in the Brit Hadashah in Romans chapter 5 verse 12 and verses 14 through 15 that Yeshua paid the price for Adam's sin as it is written. Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all of sin nevertheless death reigned from Adam to Moses even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression who is the figure of him that was to come but not as the offense so also is the free gift well that's going to conclude part one of the series on the subject patterns of exile and redemption in Genesis Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.